I'm Elia Einhorn. Welcome to the TalkHouse Music Podcast. Here at the TalkHouse, we pair notable musicians for unmoderated conversation and release a new talk each week. Regular listeners will have caught episodes like George Clinton and Soul Clap or Questlove chatting with Slater Kinney and Portlandia's Carrie Brownstein. Check out these and all of our past episodes and subscribe to get new ones on Stitcher or iTunes. Today's episode was recorded live last year at Samsung 837 in New York. Hello, 837. I'm Brenna Ehrlich, the editor-in-chief of TalkHouse Music, and I would like to welcome you all to another edition of the TalkHouse Music podcast, where we bring artists together for amazing conversations. In the past, we've had the likes of Wyclef Jean and Will Butler and Marky Ramone and Rose McGowan and more down in this space, and today we have a pretty exciting pairing for you. Penn Badgley from Mother and various amazing TV shows and movies, and uh, Kendra Foster. Uh, Kendra has won Grammys for her work on D'Angelo's Black Messiah and toured with George Clinton's Parliament Funkadelic, and her solo record just came out this June. Uh, I know Penn is a huge D'Angelo fan, so I'm, for one, I'm pretty interested to see what you guys have to say to each other. So I'm going to let you guys take it away. All right. Well, I can say now that it's very nice to meet you, and I'm honored, even. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm honored, too. It's kind of hard to look at you. You're pretty easy on the eyes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, it's, it's totally an honor for me, too, Penn. So this is something we were, we were about to talk about yep. before the interview started, but, like, uh, the, the way that you exist now, like, as an artist, which is probably, like, I can imagine you couldn't imagine this, you know what I mean? Like yeah. working in this array <laughs> of projects and stuff like that. Um, and being that, that your, your solo record just came out, like, you know, how did you come to be, to be such a collaborative artist, I guess, like in the, in the past, recent past? Or as I put it, how did you be able to get in the sandbox with others and play, yeah, <laughs> and sure. play well? Um, well, the funny thing is I started writing really, I guess, more as an artist writing for me and then coming through the ranks of P-Funk and Vanguard um, brought on new, new, uh, new collaborations. But the main thing, I did tend to collaborate more so with producers. So I guess staying in my lane of top line melody and lyrics and then someone else dealing with all the, the, the other composition, wonderful composition, it's like... I, I had grown accustomed to kind of writing alone in that way, you know, building with someone else with the sounds, but words and, you know. Um, and that's what this record is, yes, right? Yes, and mean, this record, much. oh my gosh, you know, probably he was maybe one of my first, like, co-writers of a person that also is doing melody and amazing lyrics. He's an amazing— Is this Kelvin? Um, oh, no, no, well, actually, going back to starting with— um, with the. Uh, D'Angelo and Black oh, okay. Messiah, right, 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 right. like in yeah. terms of collaborating, because I remember what uh, we were saying about how it's it's interesting getting used to collaborating. So working with him, he was probably my first co-writer as a top line writer, which really? was interest, wow. which was interesting. It's not a bad place to start. Not a bad place to start, <laughs> but an extremely intimidating I place bet, to yeah. start because. But you've been working together for a while, right? Because I saw that you did work on the, on that Mark Ronson that uh, what is that Glass Mountain Glass Trust? Glass Mountain which, Trust. Which for the starving D'Angelo fan, like what was that five? <laughs> years ago that was yes. like that was water in the desert and it was weird I mean it was weird and it, it was did different. it, it kind of yes. it set the stage a little bit for like what we were going to hear on Black Messiah you know a little yeah it's like kind of like the cheese to the palate um you know I, I writing with him was very intimidating because not only like was I a enormous fan and um, but I was wondering, how is it going to work? Well, because when we first started, and we started way back like in 2010 or so, okay, yeah. even before Glass Mountain Trust, that had come up in the midst of beginning, mm. um, getting the music that already existed, and then, you know, beginning the formation of what would come, like things like Charade and all that. But um, 
But at, so in the beginning, it was submission and approval. You know, I was able to still be alone and kind of come up with stuff and go through everything and censor it all and then, you know, send it to him and get, you know, approval. But then we got in the same room. I was very intimidated about that because I was like, oh, my God, I go through a process myself when I'm writing. Like, stuff shoots down through me. I'm, like, moving really fast. I'm running to the bathroom. I'm like, I didn't know how that would work. But then, you know, we ended up finishing sentences, you know, looking for a word and coming up with it together. And it was actually very, very... Very nice to play in the sandbox with another writer, even, you know, like somebody that I completely like think is the one in terms of our generation. Well, right. And that's <laughs> it's interesting for me to like when I saw how much you are a straight up co-writer, you know, I mean, like on yeah. on the larger part of the record, I was like, well, who, who is this person? <laughs> you know, and, I, and, and even listening to this to this solo record, I can't I don't know if it's certain if it's like your lyrical phrasing or something, but there was. I started to recognize the more I listened to it that those were some of the sounds I was hearing on Black Messiah. Oh, wow. And I mean, and I get, yeah, and I I, I hope you appreciate that. (laughs) No, I certainly do. That that means a lot because that means you listened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, but, yes, and the beautiful thing about writing um, with Dee and the Vanguard was that I really could write like I was writing for me, save the fact that it was a man that I was writing for and sometimes he had to remind me (laughs) or coming through a male voice, let's say. Um, But then I found after that, I still get nervous about getting in a room with other writers. Like other producers is cool. We kind of stay in our own lane. Um, So have you you done a lot more of that kind of collaboration since? Is that what it is? Yeah, I've done more collaborating with other top liners and it's still like, oh my gosh, you know, because there's a wealth of information coming through both vessels and like trying to trade it and see if you can cohesively, you know, exchange and share, you know, because I, I don't, I, I never want to be guilty of steamrolling and I also don't want to trap myself, you know. Um, and that's what I've found is my challenge in collaboration. But I have, I've done, a, and I've gone with all sorts of folks, like, you know, fellas over in Greenpoint, um, working with um, hip hop folks, like just doing really anything that sounds good. That's why we're going to work together. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't me, tease me because that's something that, I mean. <laughs> we're absolutely going to do it, Ted, you right, and me right. and Mother and all of us. Um, you know, we are starting recording this, uh, what, I guess, in a few weeks on the second record. How do you have time? Aren't you touring? And well, we, do, we, do, we don't really have time. We're going to start. <laughs> I mean, the truth is this first record was recorded so quickly. Like, really? you know, we, we, we don't try to spell it out so much in most kinds of press because we want it to sound like it's new music. But the truth is we recorded the whole damn thing like three years ago almost. Yeah, yeah, most (laughs) of my solo was seven years ago. Right, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that, you know, so, which shouldn't matter. I mean, you know, music, if it's good, is timeless, but you always want to seem like you're whatever. Um, But yeah, and we recorded it really quickly. We recorded it, the four of us had never sat down in the same room together. And we really, like until the first day, and I mean, the first five days we had a song at the end of every day. I mean, we didn't have every bit recorded, oh, but, wow. we, but we had, you know, essentially like exactly what you hear. So, so the truth is, it came together in like twenty-eight days. Wow. So you know, and that's something. Whereas, like most artists, I really respect don't work like that at all. I mean, it's like most artists I listen to, most artists I love. It seems to me that, like for instance, when you do your record. Or even the way that you and D'Angelo write, it's like it's still coming from a writer or two writers, it seems to me. Yes, right? yes. Whereas, like, for instance, with us, it was this sort of mishmash of improvised, recorded, like, spontaneity that, that worked, you know, but um, you can't really count on that for an entire career. Well, you, you know, know what, what I mean? I, I actually, let me say something. I think that really. There's all sorts of types of productions. Sometimes they come together really fast. Sometimes they take a long time. Um, but they're all valuable. And and the thing is, I feel like even uh, with D'Angelo and the Vanguard, some of that is a hodgepodge of things that might have been created like overnight, but just were obsessed over for the sake sure. of perfection yeah, yeah, yeah. and purity. Um, like my album, it was seven years. That, like most of it was done seven years ago, but it was done in a series of three-day visits of me and Kelvin Wooten trying 
trying to like squeeze our schedules, busy schedules together, three days at a time, getting three or four songs out a day. And then it added up to maybe a month and a half if you put all our recording sessions together. And because he's such a great engineer, it was kind of like the same right, thing. Okay, yeah. And we build it. I, you know, and the thing is, when you come together, it seems like you're kind of throwing it together. But that just maybe means that That's the combustion is. is faster. You right. get either yeah. like the creation or the manifestation. So, like, you could totally build a career on that if that's where the vibe is. Because, I mean, what y'all created, I've enjoyed, you know. I was listening to it and I was like, you know, there's so many layers here. There's so many things that it's reminiscent of that that I that that is a nice thing to me. And then there's the freshness. And then there's, like, the 808s plus, like, these synths that are kind of, like, glorious and simple at the same time. The mm. Peshbo beats Peter Gabriel, <laughs> but, like, during... Uh, Phil Collins Genesis period mixing, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. with some more yeah. other wonderful things, and you know, so it's like, hey, if, if it works, it works. That's you true. Know? Whatever works, whatever is the creativity. I think whatever the process is a beautiful thing. I mean, honestly, some of those these historical songs of D and the Vanguard are like even composed from like jams, like powerful jams between some geniuses, Amir, mm -hmm. you know, Pino and D, like coming up with stuff, but still kind of being very strategic. Right. And um, Like I imagine Sugar Daddy, <laughs> Sugar Daddy was probably kind of like that, right? Could be. Now see, I wasn't around when that was built. So I guess I'm curious, like, so you are credited, you know what I mean, on, on that song, which sounds like such a jam. So how, how did you interface with those kinds so, of songs that existed before? So yeah, like when it comes to that album, some things already existed. And some stuff, you know, even he had kind of been alone with in his, in, in his own space, I guess, to really like get it cooking. Sure. But 14 then, years yeah. alone. <laughs> and some of those, you know, could have been created. It's like when you have people that create so much music, it's in a vault and sometimes through a period. So some of it was there and then some of it was built. Like once I came in the picture and then it would be like, hey, we came up with this. Like, can't wait to see what you do with it. So stuff like Sugar Daddy, which I can't even speak completely on the origin because I wasn't around when it was formed. But then I filled in the blanks with lyrics and on the bridge melodically. And But was like stuff like the charade, it was kind of came from inspiration of stuff we'd been talking about and then him going to a jam session and then coming back and being like, hey, I did it. I fused this and whatever. Like, you know, you got it now. See what you do with it and go going back and forth. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes I think it was those jams. Sometimes it was him being a mad scientist and very meticulously, like, layering something. And, and and yeah, so many processes in the process. And, and over a certain amount of time, you know, but it's here. <laughs> so this guy, Kelvin, he, is, he, is, is he, like, he's helming, he's at the helm of this record, right? That's he most what, certainly is. I would say, and, and we're both at the helm, but, like, right, he, but is, as a he, producer, is, he would say, you know? oh, yes, oh, most definitely. Um, he is, like, what, like, the sonic liver and kidneys. <laughs> he's very important, so he's, like, the backbone, too. Um, he plays everything. Um, he's not of relation to the famous musical Wootens. His his father is actually a senior executive at uh, NASA. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like plays every instrument beautifully, or almost every several, from bass to guitar to piano to And he drums. engineered it, right? Yes. So he's, and uh, he's got that it. mind. It's, he's got the mathematical mind. It's so amazing because he has all this like musical, mystical, all of that stuff. And then yet, yes, he is. You know, I think he might have studied programming and stuff in school. So he's like totally also an engineer. And I find that not in necessarily an easy thing to find all the time because they're two like not completely different disciplines but they are different enough that it's hard to concentrate so much on both oh definitely yeah and so he's like a mastermind like the best I won't say a best kept secret hiding in plain sight but kind of like he's he's pretty amazing he's pretty amazing um and that's why I was able to walk out the door at the end of our sessions with something that's pretty much like as you said like what you're hearing now that's cool yeah. yeah, it's funny. Our producer's the same way, Jimmy Giannopoulos. Jimmy, he works with yes, like, uh, 
he he works with Lola Wolf and yes. trying to think of like other you know a lot of, we all work with a lot of different projects but he's um it's funny because he doesn't strike you at all as the type of person to to be able to do both you know like to have that mind he looks fun and, but it's funny because <laughs> it's like he just he is a wizard mm-hmm. with the engineering because like all of what you're hearing again I mean he's he was like doing that in real time like it didn't what? take you know it, it 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 was it was it was amazing to watch and he does not use a sophisticated program at all what is, okay he, well he, we won't <laughs> ask for his trade secrets yeah. but he engineered that yeah, wow he did he did wow um, because that's there's something to be said even about that production and the engineering and the sound of all that oh i know i mean he's uh he and his sort of like lifelong friend from chicago named tim sandusky where we recorded like about half the record he also mixed and mastered it in that track Victim where there's a nice saxophone solo. That's mm-hmm. that's Tim playing. So oh. really it's like Tim and Jimmy together engineering and, and mastering the whole thing. And wow. again, it, it basically happened in real time. And it was it was it was fascinating to watch time. because Jimmy and I had known each other for years and we'd we'd not been able to work together like this. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't quite aware of his uh of his uh, his technical like gift. Wow. And it's funny in a way. I don't even. I'm not even sure that he is or was <laughs> or you know. It's like he he does it. Yeah, because he's he, be done. You know, but it's it's this, it's a fascinating thing with him. Wow, I, that's that's awesome. So you're really. I mean, that's I think a powerful thing to be in house that way. I felt that was very empowering for Ian Wooten or or and lucky and blessed for me because you could get all that done right there within, you know, your your squad, yeah. so to speak. I feel like if these days if you have to go outside, it's never going to get done. You know, because oh. we don't have like, <laughs> yeah. we, we don't have millions of dollars from labels. You, don't, no. you know, it's like, I mean, I don't know who has that anymore except for the, you know, the top of the top of the top. Right. And then even if you do, you know, who knows the, what type of attention you can get because it's, it's a weird sort of... Uh, saturation moving around but I'll say this you know it's also a matter of scheduling too and I found that with having to outsource is also an issue like coordinating that so yeah it is good to have those things close to home (laughs) so 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 you I mean you have this record coming out I imagine you're probably very busy with like all kinds of you know a busy life busy creative (laughs) life Because I know I do, and it's not like I can. It's not like I, I could explain like, oh, I'm busy with this, I'm busy with that. But you know, the creative life is often you're always doing something. Yes, you are. So, so what? Like, do you t- do you tour with the Vanguard all the time, or is that only kind of sometimes? Or is well, that- um, from 2012 when we fir- when we first entered out to the public, um, I had been touring pretty. Because I saw you guys. And yes, that was the you first did. time I'd ever seen D'Angelo at all. And it was, a, I mean, all of you on stage, like, that was the best live show I've ever seen in my life. What? It was. Oh, my goodness. It was so a, blushing an incredible over. band, and you had your dance moves going. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much. You know, I love this band. Like, it's way more than a gig, and they're, like, probably, like, in my feelings, the baddest band in the land. Mm. Um, but, like, you know, right now, oh, I was touring with them quite a lot like we were we were in it like we're definitely a unit and then I um started um I took a little this, leave right? yeah I took a little leave and of course you know I Black Messiah almost feels like my own album but I uh Yeah but you got to like I can imagine it's like something you're so proud of but at the same time you can't like, you know it's I'm not like your like only ba- Yeah exactly it's my baby but then you know I have this other it's baby like your that's been in the womb love, <laughs> And I can't you know what I can't even say stepchild because sure, no, that, that, that what that would did come right, from And but I but I will say like I've also had this other baby in my womb for like seven months and you can imagine what carrying that feels like she was ready to come out so you know I I took my leave and so I was with them all the way up until like and and was actually slated to do a couple more gigs besides this um, Australian one uh, all the way up until like just last summer around like we did we did the U S tour we did our big like Vanguard U S tour and then I took a little leave after that and was going to do a couple other shows but you know um, but yeah so for me now. I'm not. I, oh, and in between all that, I would still pop out with George and P Funk. Really? Yeah. yeah. See, I was curious about that. Like if through you were still... 2013 wow. and 2014, and anytime we were off with the Vanguard, I'd hop right back out there. So how with wait, how, how long did you do that? Like collect like when you first met? 
How how long have you been working with them, with George Clinton? And- like at the same time? Well, I guess I don't know. Okay, like how okay, long? So how long would you say that has been? Spanned with, just over, spanned just over. all that experience. Well, yeah. Um, I got I started with P Funk like in two thousand one. Okay, wow. Well. And then um, rode with them for all that time, even through meeting D like in two thousand. Well, really meeting him two thousand eight, but then actually finally getting to work together around like early two. 2010, 2009, 2010-ish. Um, and then through still writing, going out on the road all around the world with George. And then when 2012 kicked off, um, I was mostly touring with the Vanguard, but then I'd pop out with George. And through 2013, when the Vanguard kind of rested for a little bit, I was out back out there with George all around the world, popping all around the world, and then coming back, back. And then finally, you know, once Black Messiah was released, then, you know, I was pretty much from there. And so now I'm definitely t- wanting to tour myself now on my album um, and and do as much as I can do to let the world know about it. Um, and so, yeah, I'd be excited to do shows. And, and, and I'm still writing for other people, too. So that stuff's going on in the midst of, of all of this. And are, you just always, are you always writing? Yeah. <laughs> like for like like actively I'm curious cuz I guess as a writer like we're always we're always writing. But Right. It seems to me like you've you've certainly made a career out of it for like for a while, you know. So I mean, how does that work? So like do people do people commission you or you do you get in touch with them or are you like Ha, huh, that's a very good question. It's a combination of many things. Sometimes I'll be like, "Hey, just like I did you, you want to write if there's someone I'm interested in writing with sometimes I do have a publishing deal with Sony ATV so you know they'll hook me up with someone or um, you know you get together with people you meet people and then you do it but but honestly like I think I'm constantly writing so sometimes if I get into a situation where or or we'll get word on something that's you know uh, to submit to um I may already have something in the cache cuz there's so many things I've created if I have to be with a certain producer or whatever then I'm down um but like yeah I'm just I think coming up in George's camp like growing up there I feel like um is He's that the way you feel like you writing. grew up yeah, in his camp? Yeah, I, I feel like cool. I did. That's I, really cool. <laughs> I was there for like 13 years, and I went there at a pretty tender young age, and I really felt like in a way that was my half like undergrad, grad school, because I was in school when I first went on the road, and I was still turning in like um, homework and doing exams. I saw. Were you, were you studying like dance too, or something like <laughs> well, that? Well, I also you... was in a dance company that, okay, at um, was, yeah. at my school, which was actually a pretty awesome dance company. But I studied math and chemistry at first, and I was trying to be practical, or so to speak, practical, so to speak. You know, um, and then I I couldn't. You know, I had to cross over to the arts where I'd always been, and I'd studied jazz studies and commercial music. So I had to flip over from, like, math and chemistry to music theory and all that, which actually, for the most part, math translated well over right, to music right. theory. It's the same thing. It was very form, formula-driven formula and anabolic relationships in the same place I struggled in math. Is where I struggled in, which was fractions for some reason, is mm, where I struggled in rhythmic notation. Um, when I was trying to still write music and arrange and all that, which is now at the you mean specifically like writing, like literally writing notation of the time, yeah, notation and composition and yeah. So learning like real like music theory, voice leading, key signatures, transposing French horns to concert note and all that stuff. But it's so far in the recesses of my brain. Like when I say I can't even, it's almost like looking at another person when I look at some of that homework or even the fact that I was doing it on the road. Just imagine being on the road with P-Funk and you're at 20, like one, two, three years old. On the back of the bus, still trying to do your music theory yeah, homework. That's insane. Like, still, you know, ex- having the tour experience, but like trying to balance those two. Sometimes <laughs> I look amazing. back at that person. Yeah. And I'm like, where is she? I need her make to it help out me there. run this label. I'm trying to, I'm yeah. trying to run on my own. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, I was doing it. I was doing it. How much I, do you feel like? Because uh, you've now worked with. You know, arguably some of the heaviest hitting like musicians in the in the world. Like, how much do you feel like that kind of 
intensely formulaic and mathematical understanding of theory is like often benefiting someone. I mean, you know, mm. if, they, if that's someone's thing, sure. If they're like an engineer and if they re- but like, I mean, how much do you encounter that sort of like, that, yeah. that sort of. Like an application. Yeah. Okay. I'll say on a, on a top layer, it's not really been absolutely necessary in, in, in my career. Sure. Um, where I notice that theory or terminology is helpful, if you know how to speak it before you even get to reading or writing it, um, is just communicating faster with the, musicians yeah, that might be like, oh, this is in cut time, which I can't, which I'm usually, I'm usually at such a loss for terminology because I didn't, you know, I didn't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know any, by you the can, way. And, you, like, and look, you could also <laughs> do like George, who has an amazing musical theoretical mind, but probably wouldn't, who, and just but sings does he speak, the stuff but, to the people. Right, but, but he doesn't speak like that, right? <laughs> right, like, he's not he doesn't know any like of the, yeah. He doesn't, you know, he may not even know that he sings Doing naturally that. and weird. Sure, and yeah. But, you know, I've seen it be helpful in that regard. I've seen it be helpful, like, if you walk in on a bandstand and you got to play that music right there and you read. Sure, yeah. But not really, it's not really entirely, completely, like, relevant in, in, in my work. I would say it's useful in some uh, aspects of the field more than other. And it's not a bad thing to have. But I believe the theory was created after the fact. Of course. Yeah. You know, well, it's theory. It's, yeah. not, it's not practice. And it's, it's ever-changing. And yeah. and I think it's a good basis. I mean, and you're also sometimes dealing with Western, most of the time you're dealing with Western theory. There's like, not. I don't even know if anybody's come up with like a, a pedagogy or what codified it into something. For some of these amazing scales, I would hear like um, some of the African dance teachers yeah, sure. that would come over like... Miss Mamina too would sing like notes and intervals I've never mm-hmm. even heard before. Like it was nothing like she was singing her ABCs. Right, right, right. So yeah, so like Persian like, chanting. I know I've heard a lot oh, of that and, recently. Oh, and that is it's beautiful. Like, oh gosh, yes, yeah. I've luckily been privy to that as well. And so, you know, those. Th- I, I feel like theory has its place. I feel like it, it can it can be useful. It's a language. It's a good code and a key to 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 communicate. But it's not absolutely necessary. I have to say, sorry guys in the theory world. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, it's, I've always sort of fantasized being able to take some time to study in that way. But I think, you know, I think the truth is like, when you're talking about also the best musicians in the world, like, I, I, I'm, I've always wondered like how much that language, just, just, just the shorthand, you know, what, mm-hmm. like is used. But I can imagine it's, I mean, like you said, it's really useful for, I think, people who are coming in later like session players or you know you're mm-hmm. like you're late you're late to the game whatever it is or know? even like, for me like I wish sometimes I had a little more at my disposal because if I a lot of times I'm playing with players that are really really awesome dope and like cool but they've studied so like I could probably tell them if I want them to translate something live a certain way like if I'm like dang I don't know how to say like that's a little too much hi-hat or this is that or sure. I want the tempo to go like this but I want it to rock like that. Yeah. That's when it's when I found myself wishing I had more access to Yeah, it. me too. <laughs> our, our, uh, our most recent drummer because we record as a four-piece without drums. Jimmy programs oh. the drums which is why I they have gonna that. I was going to ask. I was going to yeah, ask who does the drums well, So So he's I mean, the reason that the drums are the way they are is because he's not a drummer. You know what I mean? He's like, bass he's play, he, right. he, well, he's bass live, mm-hmm. but Darren plays the bass and keys on the record. Okay. Um, so we're very much a four piece, like on record, and we actually are able to play as a four piece uh, alive right. too. But, you know, having a drummer is an enormous, enormous benefit live. I mean, it, playing without a drummer would be really whack. So <laughs> our last guy, he's a. Uh, He's this genius, studied, you know, went to Berkeley and actually graduated, I think. But he, um, I was trying to explain to him, <laughs> it's a very simple thing. I was like, no, just play straight ahead. You know, just like play, <laughs> simplify what you're doing. And right. to him, to him, straight ahead is like in double time jazz stand. Like, right, right. And he's like, and I'm like, no, how, how could that possibly be straight ahead to you? You know, straight ahead is you know right, and like to me, I'm swing. just like no, just just straight, like just play it straight, right, and then, and, that, and then there's a term for that, right. right, and so to him, he was like, just tell me to put more space in there, and I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's moments like that where right. you know, it would almost be nice for like the entire musical world to have that auxiliary language where you're all speaking the same, you know, it's like because right. it, it is when a person is unstudied, like for instance myself. You know, I have so much 
inside my head that that I struggle to I relate to other people. You know what I mean? And I'm sure, and I, that's the, that's the, that's for everybody. Yes. You know, but to me, like being that I've only really been able to explore the 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 professional world of music for the past like three years or so, I'm definitely playing a lot of catch up. You know, and there's simple things that I don't didn't know how to explain at first, and it's just like you know, like you said, even being live and being like trying to understand how something on record translates to the right. stage. I mean, that's an enormous. That's a whole nother. It's just this whole other thing. You know <laughs> what I mean? And it's like people who don't play might not understand that, even though it's it's a given. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think there might be a point in the future where I where I study. It's who knows helpful. if I have time? You, but. you know what I'll say? I will say this from someone who had spent time with theory. Like I feel, I would try to go back and uh, reinforce it. I would try to think, you know, because you have people like these awesome folk like Esperanza Spalding coming out that clearly like she can do all that and you know just yeah. go with the vibe. But then I realized like there is so much in my head. You know, I'm trying to do so many different things now that I just got to be okay with not like, you know, jamming in all of them hardcore. Right. And sometimes I, what I realized is when I started trying to hyper-regimen myself or, or I won't say that discipline is beautiful within discipline is much freedom, but with, 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 hold, with not trying to hold myself accountable for as much. Because sometimes the magic is in the fact that you aren't so, you, you know, so hyper-studied. And it's sometimes no, if right. that's not where you were, that's not where it came from. Your mm. voice, some, you can't teach somebody to produce the sound that all those sounds that your voice makes, which I really enjoy. Um, but, you know, it's also a cool like you said, language to explore the same way I want to reinsert Espanol in my in my daily practice and like kind of just getting another, my brain functioning in another way in that mm -hmm. regard. It's you mean cool. speaking Spanish? <laughs> I'm, 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 I can't say that I speak it. I used to be much, much better at it. I mean, I did attempt to, perf you know, to, to do the monologue because I actually wrote my own because the, the beautiful monologue at the beginning of Really Love yeah. was, was very personal and so I just kind of wrote my own so also I wouldn't butcher it. <laughs> and then so I can so I can speak it, but to say that I could converse or understand, I've got to reinforce that. But like in the same way that those languages kind of activate and stimulate the side of your brain, theory will be cool, but you're doing a lot, sir. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. You're doing a lot, so it's okay if you don't right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's a huge part too, is like, like you said earlier, having so much in your head and just if, coming to a place where you're content not getting it all out. Yeah. You know? Because you never will. I mean, like, you never will. Einstein probably had a lot more. Oh, my God. He was like, why can't I figure this out, you know? So it's true. And that's a huge part about being a creative person, just, like, being content with never being content, I guess. It's hard. Don't say it, but it's, <laughs> it could be true. I, I thought about it one morning when I woke up, and I was just like, Kendra. Couldn't get out of bed. Yeah, you can't. It's hard <laughs> yeah, because yeah. when it all floods in, because you're like, okay, I can do this. I need to do this. Okay, like, because this needs to happen. And, I need and it's great that, you know, there's that proactivism, but then it floods so bad that I realized, okay, the creative, and I think art, artists in general, because expression is basically what we do. And I feel like a lot of times we're, we're almost providing a voice for other people's feelings. Like, and, and whether you're a visual artist to, to a singer or whatever, like, you know, a lot of times I think the average person is not necessarily outgoing or, or maybe, um, into necessarily creating, but they they certainly can enjoy life or enjoy or or use what what's out there. And sometimes, you know, like you need something to sing along with, even when you're a creative, or you need something to like give a a, a voice to your feeling. And so I feel like, man, our biggest one of our big priorities should be taking care of this vessel, which means. Um, probably working a little more in your spirit, your psyche, doing oh, totally. what you need to do. Because when you're channeling all that stuff 
you can only imagine what is the the residual or what it what it takes to open up like that. What it, the average person um, doesn't and shoot. Sometimes I'm afraid to stand in front of thousands of people that are all mm. aiming their energy at them, ready Ooh. to share. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. they even said we need almost need the debriefing that you need when you when you're in in the the armed forces or something, or traveling in that no, way right. at that it's level. Intense. And so I just was like, man, the goal is to not get overwhelmed by all the stuff that's coming in to try to, you know, okay, get a little bit of a priority going. Try to, you want to stay centered. You want to fulfill your purpose. You want to fulfill your potential. But just to also just try to live, like, and try to stay balanced. Because it's it's a lot, you know. Yeah, I came is. in here like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I could see the look in your eyes, like, that there's a lot going on, right? And we hear all these stories and people pass young. And, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot that we have to do to take care of us, you know, in the process of providing what it is that yeah. we provide for everyone else. It's not to say that we're, you know, these champions of the world. Everybody's a champion in what they do here, you know or in the multiverse but um but for our particular profession what what our role is well you said it earlier you said like yeah. we're expressing <laughs> i mean you know at the end of the day it's like what we're we're expressing something i mean yeah. you can't you can't you can't say no to that like that, <laughs> is, that is that is what an artist does that is what people who are creative do so i mean and that's an interesting thing because i mean it, it's like don't we all just kind of like spend all day trying to figure out how to express ourselves. Oh, like, uh, yeah. Who, no matter who we are. No matter Especially who. now, like on social media, I mean, everybody's <laughs> trying to f- say something. And it's, you know, it's positive in a lot of ways, but it's you're right. It's kind of intense. Like you, you do spend your life trying to express yourself in a way that is wholly honest and you. Yeah. And yet at the same time, in being that honest, it should be universal in a way. Right. You know, it right. should be like the most relatable thing right. you have to offer. Right. And that's for me, that's that's the challenge that I'm trying to come up against right now. Not come up against like it's a like it's a like it's a competition or something, or that it's adversarial, but you know, you mentioned spirit and the multiverse and <laughs> <laughs> and I know I know, you know, my relationship to God, my understanding of God, my understanding of spirit, my understanding of, you know, just our, our spiritual reality is like I, to me, and I'm sure you share this because of the people you've worked with and the way I've heard you speak about it, like it's such a deeply spiritual thing to do. Mm-hmm. And yet we live in a time that doesn't understand how to like think spiritually or like mm-hmm. relate spiritually or, or or we don't have the language for it. So, yeah. you know, there's gospel music, there's devotional music. And then there's like quote unquote secular music. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't believe in right. differentiating really. Yes, I mean, I think yes. like to That's me, that's a is very like, awesome is, point. Is, I I really actually wholeheartedly think that the differentiation is. Uh, I don't know. It just keeps us from a better understanding of of so, like a synthesis. Yeah, it's know? almost a matter of like. If you don't literally use the word God, or you know, I have a good case in point. My one of my mamas asked me. Uh, so I really wish one day that you would just come on and sing for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, but what what I want you to what, you what I want you to understand is, yeah, when every time I open my mouth, that's what I feel like I'm doing. I'm trying to use the gift that God gave me. And most of the time, even if I it don't seem literal, a lot of times it is coming so much from a spiritual place, that's, from a desire right. to for it to be a ministry. Exactly. I mean, that's the way, like for instance, our record. Every song is about, you know, I, 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 I have no idea how this term sounds to other people. It's like when you say something like seeking God, you know, I mean, it's like who knows what that means to mm-hmm. any one person. It's such a personal thing. But I know for me, like every song is about that. And it's, and it's also about like struggling with, you know, the obvious sort of like sexual desire. But that's even like a very surface level thing. I mean, it's, you know, it's, the, the record sounds like it's one thing, you know. Right. I, I recognize that in yours too. Yes. Like, you know, it sounds like something that is sort of outwardly sexual on the surface is obviously much deeper. Right. And that's, I mean, you know, the same for D'Angelo. I'd say yes. the same for P-Funk and all that stuff. I mean, yes. it's like, I think, I think the best music is like, I mean, what is it other than spiritual? What could you possibly say it is mm-hmm. other than spiritual? Like, I felt like I had to veil my mm. my message so uh, much, mm-hmm. you know. I was reading like a lot of Rumi poetry at the time, and oh. and, and and right, and and he 
or at least the translations I was reading, you know, sort of veiled uh, the beauty so, so well. Because, you know, you also want to be relatable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we used to have songs like Imagine. We used to have songs like We Are the World. We used to have songs like, um, I mean, even if, you know, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. Like, yeah. It's, that's, that's such an incredible. Direct. Uh, it's so direct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm asking him to change his ways. Like, couldn't, right. could, can we get away with that anymore? Right. I mean, not that we should or shouldn't, but it's just the fact of like we like right now people are are so um the level of scrutiny is like so mm. high, mm-hmm. and not that not to not that as artists we should ever like kowtow to that or pander right. to that, but to some degree is like I would like to believe that every generation is getting smarter, every generation is getting uh, more sensitive and uh, more soulful. Hopefully, yeah. so like. Even though we like to romanticize about the past, I mean, huh. in some ways we are getting better. We yeah. are more connected. Like the internet has allowed that. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And and is is even just maybe I don't know. I mean, Come I feel like Kendrick is doing it. Kendrick is definitely doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chance is kind of although you know he's not speaking about general peace as much as he's just kind of talking right to God. Right. Well, <laughs> right. Which is amazing. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I just wonder like how how artists these days are either afraid or, um, mm. or you know, because it's just like, I don't, we don't, say, we don't say, see that that much. I'll say a couple things. I would say, um, I know what people are afraid of. I know, like, we're all trying to do what we love for a living. I know we're trying to all trying to make a living and survive. So some people are probably afraid to say stuff that could either alienate them or drop their ability to keep their enterprise up, which is totally understandable, but there just comes a point where, well, what difference does it make? Because honestly, with the fleeting, with how fleeting industry can be, you yeah, you, now you won't never. have that fifteen minutes anyway. Right. So yeah. you might as well. It'll use actually it. be fifteen minutes, right? So just. And it just, I guess, it depends on your value system. But I will say about veiling is very interesting because that's relative. Um, I, on one hand, I think it's beautiful because sometimes I'm a very direct singer. Um, no, and you and, are. And, and, I, I was and, listening and to that. I, I, was, I was appreciating that. And, I really was. And, I was listening like, damn, that's bold. I'm, you know? I'm, you just I'm, say I'm kind it. of direct and I'm still metaphorical, you know, but one of the things, that one, two, two of the guys that helped me or two entities that helped me remember the beauty of innuendo and how artistic and, um, and it's not that it's out of fear. It's more out of being coy and yeah, in right, poetry. Yeah. Like it's part just, of it's, it's actually just purity, arti- being artistic mm-hmm. and wanting it to be more just flowy and not so obvious. And some of it's kind of being smart enough to know, hey, let the person get all in it and seduce before they right, realize exactly. what they're saying. So that's then- that's exactly it. So that right there <laughs> is why I feel like I've, like, for instance, this record, as I said, you know, is like, Anybody who hears our record wouldn't be like, yeah, that's a spiritual record. But, you know, to me, it's like that's all that it is. And so, you know, people think it's about mm. one thing listening to it. And it sounds outwardly like it's, you know, obviously sexual and stuff. But so, so yeah, I wonder like how much, because every artist is different, right? And I mean, I suppose that we shouldn't be putting pressure on ourselves to like be saying something <laughs> one, way or, another, one right. way or another. But, you know, I don't know. I, I, I feel, I'll say this. I feel like, I feel like it should never be out of vogue to speak on things. You're right. And I do suffer from that sometimes. Unfortunately, like writing hooks, you know, with certain things or like me immediately wanting to take it and go deeper than the party. And trust me, I understand the desire to be in the party and opulence because honestly, that's a fun place and escapism and a place to go. But also just like, hey, it's okay and it's not nerdy to say something. Um, It's okay if you feel moved I think it would be best at time in times like these, if you have the power, if it's not going to crush you down to where you won't ever even have a voice, then go ahead and take a chance. You know, if you're moved to do it, do it. You know, don't worry about, oh, but that's not going to get, you know, this many streams or whatever. I mean, because that's been aggravating me. Look, there's a time and a place for everything. I I like being ratchet. I like having fun, which is not synonymous, um, you know, and, and all that. But like... There's also a time where I'm like, somebody's got to say something. So yeah, we should we should if we're going to and and however it comes out, just not be afraid of it. Whatever is natural, whatever you're being moved to do, not to stifle it. So if you want to make it more like hidden from the direct eye immediately and just 
you know, to subtly creep in or whether you want it to be like, hey, we need to do this. Here's the list. And that's what I like about like why are you saying that your music is spiritual? Because, you know, I get I I have a feeling when I put it on and I can hear some words or some phrasing. I'm like, oh, OK, that was deep. Or, that was cute. <laughs> but it's like first gets me on the feeling, which I think is so great about it because I'm just listening to the sounds or I'm just beat drops or whatever. And then like. Then you lean into, now I'm like, mm, I'm going to listen even more to these words. I'm going to have to go in and take a little, you know, go in a little deeper because you feel that. Right. You get that. You get that you're in that that you're in this place. But you don't try to hurry up and typify it yet. You know, you're just in it. You're in the magic. And then I love that there's, there's more in the magic the more further you go in. And I think that's a lovely quality to have as well. Oh, thank you. That's yeah. affirmation because I think, you know, I <laughs> I put pressure on myself to uh, to to say more in the art, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. even particularly in recent years mm -hmm. as 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 people look to anybody in the media to 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 speak out, which, you know, is obviously valuable. Yeah. I think at the end of the day is like I don't want to speak out more than my art does. Yeah. Does that make sense? You know, I and, and I actually feel like that. that's the most responsive. Or like, you, let I, your, you let your art speak for you. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah. It's like, I don't, you know, I mean, I certainly would never want to be silent in, in matters that need to be right. spoken about. Right. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like, where is my energy best spent? Where is anyone's energy mm -hmm. best spent if they're an artist? Like, isn't, like... You know, I mean, it's a Living fine line. Up to it's your like full you, potential. Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, yes, it's it's you're powerful any way you approach it. You know, if your intent is there and and it's coming through some kind of way, if you never wanted to say a word in a single interview, you know, but it's clearly all there in your art, or it's there right. to be found, like, clear right. enough. Like, what's yeah. what is the most effective way to live? Like, that's a real question I've been asking myself. Because yeah, you know, I mean, for instance, Black Messiah dropped the day after the Millions March, and I saw. This beautiful tweet from from somebody that day it was like, you know, what's what's a really lovely thought is that is that everybody who was marching today, everybody was tweeting like, you know, about different tracks, and some and somebody said, isn't it a, isn't it a lovely thought that that everybody who was marching yesterday is listening to this record today? Oh my gosh! And yeah. like. I have, you know, there, there, are, there are not many D'Angelo interviews out there. There are not many, you know what I mean? And it's like, so it's just, it's a, that to me speaks volumes. Nobody's questioning whether or not he's like right. for, in it for the right reasons. Well, or, you I'll, know I'll what I mean? You, I'll give you an example. I know we have little time, but, you know, we were actually, when that release was coming about, we were like, on the day of the release, we were actually writing a new song. Really? But we were in the midst of kind of doing that. It's a coming. It's a coming. It's a, but 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 I remember saying, like, okay, man, like this march is about to go down. Like, I don't know if I know you can't go out there, because that would just be a lot. That would right, just be a yeah, lot. Yeah. And and you, we have said it with Black Messiah. I mean, we have made our stance. I mean, the record, the right, title, and, everything about it. Uh, and I was like, so you're good. I was like, but look, before people necessarily know who I am, I think I need to run out there yeah, and go right, out right. and march. And, you know, I'm going to come back and we'll see what's going on with this release. And But then, you know, there was that point where it's like, whatever you can do. You know, whatever you can do, yeah. if you're marching, if you're speaking, if you're either withdrawing your dollars from where they need to withdraw or whether you're giving them to where they need to be given, like we all have, or whether you're just helping people on an individual basis, which is totally well, yeah, a part uh, of right. the and revolution and you as got, well. You actually you know? have to be doing that, yeah. I think, rather, well, not rather, certainly not rather. You have to be doing that, I think, in order to support the bigger moves, you know, yeah. like if you're going to speak out, quote unquote, right. if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to state a lot Put publicly, you have to be, yeah, you have to be living it. Yeah, I think especially for white people, I think it's like, that's a huge, a lot of white people love to tweet and Facebook and all this stuff, but it's like, yeah, but what about like your friends and what about, you know, I mean, like it's like just, just, happening. just yeah. upholding it kind of like in every upholding, moment of your yeah. life. And that's, and that's to me, you know, so again, like, Bringing it back to our music, I think like that's that's to me the key for um there's just you know, it's not like I'm pointing the finger. I, I've just noted for a while there's a there's a hole in yeah. in music that is being made by I think people, sure, but 
white people too. You know, Ooh, there, there, there's, yeah, there's, no, there's, it's, it's mean, missing. Look, I, you know what I mean? It's I like could it's do a missing. Seminar, but and it's not to say like <laughs> against like you know. No, it's not against. People, no, it's not but, against but, but, anything. But, 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 but it's just like say, it's just it's a space that's missing. We need to yeah. We, we need, need to, to hear con- that. Yeah, we need to we need to hear a voice because I'm sure it's there. Right. I'm sure it's there. And like I'm what sure we hear, you know, we hear this like there's pressure. that what, that Macklemore song like white privilege, and it's right. you know, it's fine. It's a little bit of a mess. It's whatever, but. You know, it's a shame that like that's the only place we can look for it. Like, right. That's the. Uh, and I'm I mean, sure. The, and, and you know, hats off to him for sure. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And I will say maybe even and even though I know like we're getting the look uh, to stop, but like you know what did I, I can understand that yes, and I can understand the fear, we'll, we'll, we'll the pressure for um, especially maybe for white artists because you know if you say something like that's really that really is going to also add to the impact, like, for real. Because it's like, it's not just, oh, that's their problem. You know what I mean? It's you're saying, no, look look at it. Like, and and there's a, just like it was maybe 200 years ago for a white man to, like, sympathize or to care or to get involved, you might, you'll definitely be made an example of. And so I can understand the fear, but, hey, we're in a time where, yes, I agree with you, you have the power. You can't live in fear. You have the power you have the power. You have. You're more powerful than most. So you know, in terms of the food chain. So it, it would you know, be beautiful a, to hear it more. You're right. And <laughs> and there's a uh, we can maybe cap it off with this. There's a, I, again, I can't I can't quote it exactly, but to paraphrase a Toni Morrison, I believe it was Toni Morrison. Um, if you have power, uh, it is your job to empower others. If you have freedom, it is your job to make sure that others are free. Yes. And it's, and then the last line of the quote is something along the lines of, um, this is not just a grab bag at a candy store. Uh. <laughs> or, uh. or something like that. And I mean, it's, it's I, I read it the other day and I was like, that is it. And that, that to me, <laughs> that to me is, if anything, that is, you know, not to, I actually don't think we can overstate the, the capacity exactly. of anyone or, or anything. And, and when it comes to music, when it comes to art, it is a form of expression, and what we need is things expressed, you know? Yes. I mean, to me, I think, like, that that should be the point of music, and it's a sh- and, and it would be a shame to, like, to be so cynical that we wouldn't allow that into our hearts and heads for a second, yes. that, 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 that music should empower. And a note to the A&Rs and all the people allowing the music through, this means you too. Yeah, that's right. Especially. <laughs> especially. Don't be afraid. You won't lose your cubicle. You know, because you push through something that has substance. After cubicle. <laughs> and we love right. those that do do the right thing. <laughs> That's the love to all those that do. We need to do more to all those that don't. That's for anybody. All right, I guess so. We're going to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, so yeah, it's really nice. We'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep talking after this. Yeah, and we'll keep working uh, after this. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, it's been a real honor. Thank you so much Thank for you. taking the time. The honor is all mine, Ken. <laughs> I'm not a stranger. It's just a strange thing. I'm Elia Einhorn, and you've been listening to Kendra Foster and Penn Badgley on the TalkHouse Music Podcast. Subscribe on Stitcher or iTunes for upcoming TalkHouse Music and TalkHouse Film episodes. Today's episode is mixed by Mark Yoshizumi. Till next time, 